1: It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action.
2: Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer. David Faber has the morning off. Futures do go green here as jobless claims are roughly in line. Stocks trim about a quarter of their losses from the last three days. Our roadmap begins with that roller coaster, though. Tesla and technology continue to rebound. Citi, as Andrew said, naming the first woman to lead a mega bank. Jane Frazier set to replace Michael Corbat in February. And AstraZeneca saying it should know before the end of the year if its COVID-19 vaccine is effective. Jim, I know that
1: city news popped for you. Yeah, I, uh, I candidly, Mike and, and Donna, his wife, are friends of mine uh, and friends of my executive producer, Regina Gilgan. So I have to reveal that because I often say it's it's not about uh, friends. It's about money. Uh, this is jarring for those of us older than Mike, who's 60, but he did work there for 38 years, not retiring until February. But how great. And when I spoke to him this morning, how great Jane Fraser coming in uh, the glass ceiling and banking maybe is finally cracking. And uh, it's a great legacy for Mike. Tops off a period where, he, remember, net income increased from $7.5 billion to $19.4 billion. Uh, tangible common equity returned 5.0 to 12.1%. And they returned $80 billion in capital during Mike's reign. Now, remember, banking is hard. All those numbers haven't necessarily led to great performance of the stock, but they are great numbers. Uh, Mike is a much-loved figure, uh, as is Donna, his wife, and I regard them as a team. Uh, and I know he wants to do many, many things in life. And this is a soul-searching time. He pointed Jane last year. He uh, was uh, made it clear that this could happen. But for those of us who know him, we're thinking, wow, we're jealous. Mike has rethought his life, wants to do something big. Maybe we should all think <laughs> like that. So uh, congratulations yep, to yep. Jane. Congratulations to Mike. Congratulations to Donna. He's expecting a grandchild. Also great.
2: Oh, that's that's all interesting color Jim yeah. you know she uh, does run the consumer bank a 16year vet uh, she'll have not only the business to contend with but there's other headlines this morning about city asking how many employees want to come back to the office right. uh, and if uh, they do get some response on that, Sounds like they will limit in-office capacity around 30 percent. So she'll have uh, those logistics to worry about, too.
1: We're getting a lot of talk about how people come back. Darius Adamchek was very, very eloquent, the CEO of Honeywell just now, 100 years, talking about he wants people back. I think that this is one where we all might want people back, but we're all faced with the notion of do people want to come back, both because they've rethought their lives, but also because of of health concerns. A lot of people are acting as this thing's beat. Uh, I like to think that let's wait until we get a vaccine before we start talking about coming back. Uh, Mike, very soul searching guy. I'd like to see what Jane says uh, about coming back. But this is revolutionary and we can't deny it. When Ben Odor retired at a very young age over Clorox and appointed a woman, I said, you know what, maybe this is maybe this is the beginning of the recognition that it's important that women get top jobs as a father of two daughters who always asking, who are the women who run companies? It's always one hand that you can name. So Maybe this is a really good sign. Mike, thoughtful man.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Not just that, but adding to the board as well. Uh, So that's going to be key to watch. It would be great news if we could start to broaden out a diversity of leadership. As for the reopening here, Jim, uh, of course, NFL tonight. I know we'll talk about indoor dining in New York's beginning at the end of the month and your concerns about uh, capacity inside. Once you couple it with uh, with the outside there 's a look at uh, at arrowhead where capacity gym twenty two percent we will actually get some fans watching the game live
1: well, it's interesting you know the Eagles are letting no one in at twenty two percent it 's really an issue i don 't want to be too crass about it but it 's the issue of the bathrooms uh, are the bathrooms uh capable of handling it I got this from the, there 's been a number of studies about that 's the real weak link and I know that all of us who are uh, waiting for the vaccine find that some of these things is maybe questionable, uh, particularly because what happens uh, under the sanitary conditions? People want to get back. They don't want to miss the game. They got to hurry people. They got to get back. they halftime. And I just find that uh, it, let's hope it goes well, Carl. But I think it's okay to do what the Phillies do, which is have a lot of cutouts. It looks pretty exciting.
2: Yeah. Uh, we'll see, Jim. I mean, there's a lot, lot more chatter about... Uh, the way in which uh, in infection new, new case rates not only come down in New right. York tri-state, it's down 95 percent and hasn't spiked again. I mean, the concern now continues to be college. Do you think it was time for Cuomo and, and de Blasio to finally open up indoor?
1: Well, uh, yeah, but when you do 25 percent instead of 40, which is what we were hoping as an owner of a restaurant and co-owner of another, uh, it, it just doesn't work. I mean, I look, there's... It doesn't work uh, when we lose the outdoor space because of the cold. Uh, I don't know how to stay open uh, unless you just want to lose money until a vaccine. Uh, and it's I'm hanging on Meg Terrell's words more than I'm hanging on Cuomo's words, because uh, you can't yeah. take the beating. I mean, we've just taken a beating. And look, I fortunately have uh, good luck and good fortune. There are many people who are very close to the edge. This is the push over the edge when it gets cold.
2: Yeah, Goldman has a new survey of small businesses, Jim. Uh, 10,000 they survey. Um, 65% think their business will survive. Uh, A third say they'll lay off if there's no more additional uh, rescue packages from Congress. And of course, the Senate uh, will hold a vote today on the slimmed down uh, GOP proposal. Need 60 votes on a procedural. It will be tough to get there, it looks like.
1: Yeah, it looks like it's dead on arrival. But uh, PPP is is so necessary just to be able to get a bridge. Uh, I had Coupa software on last night. They have some tremendous uh, predictive analysis. It's the hospitality industry. They predict it could drop off as much as 50 percent. Other I wish they would just target the industries that can't make it. Uh, we are a Mexican restaurant. Uh, so is Chipotle. We don't have Chipotle's balance sheet. They will survive. We can't survive. I mean, look, I don't You know we'll do well by our employees, but we got to see 25 uh, percent. And they're talking about having no people at the bar. We're a bar. Uh, we've been closed. I mean, I say we. I mean, there's everybody on the block, everybody around. Uh, Manhattan has has reasons why you want to go there as destination. Brooklyn, not that many. Uh, this is nationwide. You look at at Darden stock; it's been a rocket. Yum stock has been a rocket. Why? Because they're going to survive. We're going to return to a period where there's only going to be a few restaurants in the country, uh, and, and that's what we have to accept. There's our casualties. It's not like the government did it. It's not like the regulations. I mean, the government didn't create the pandemic. But in New York, the government is responsible for tremendous amount of dislocation.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's been interesting, Jim. I mean, uh, we've talked, of course, for months about uh, the shift from mom and pop to public yes. companies, not just in restaurants, but in travel and all that. And yet, you know, yesterday we had UAL uh, add some new transoceanic routes to Maui yeah. and India. Today, JetBlue's adding a, a couple dozen new routes and pulling some planes uh, that are temporarily parked. So, I mean, not to say we're getting back to pre-COVID levels, but it is
1: directionally positive. I think that... The airlines have done a pretty good job of late making sure that everybody wears a mask. Uh, they're going to be testing now. Uh, I have the Abbott apps, which will allow me to be able to, I think, in another few months. You'll just wave it uh, and you'll be on the plane because you have just been tested. I think people are underestimating that. I, I have no fear of flying. I'd rather th- fly than be in, a, in a, a lot of buildings. But people have to wear masks and people should wear gloves. I think people even should wear goggles. But the airlines have distinguished themselves as no longer being the incubators as opposed to cruise ships that are still struggling with that. And restaurants, which frankly are dangerous. That is the problem. I mean, it's the air circulation. It's the, when I go, I have, I've stopped going to restaurants because every time I go, the tables are next to each other. And these are things that we all know are conducive to getting sick. I love the fact that the numbers are down. But, Carl, you and I both know that cold and flu season is coming up. And we don't know what that's going to be like when it comes to COVID. So I, I, I get the, um, the reticence and reluctance of governments. But I also know that there are going to be casualties, and the restaurants are probably going to be number one.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, of course, DGX, to your point about testing, is up 4% pre-market, uh, raising their guide. Looks mm. like testing volume has recovered uh, faster than we think. So maybe testing can act as somewhat of a bridge until we hear more from some of these trials.
1: Uh, testing in mass, uh, I've got the Honeywell mass, happy anniversary, Honeywell. Uh, but that's what's caused uh, these numbers to go down. I think that there's a group of ideologues who think that these, these things haven't mattered. and Testing hasn't mattered now. It, they also may think the world is flat they may believe in things that are just not empirical but yeah I mean we're making progress uh, I got tested yesterday here it's great now we get tested once a week I've been getting tested and tested and tested why because the viral load is such that the first 24 hours you can give it to other people and it does it comes on rather quickly but you need to get tested and tested and tested to be able to get yourself out of the workforce so you don't infect other people. That's why I have a mask contest. we are giving away a million dollars, only a few more days for 15 to 24 year old people to get involved at XPRIZE.org slash mask. Because we need people to um, not enjoy masks. That's impossible. But at least recognize that that's what's made things better. Yeah. Kind of empirical. Yeah.
2: I guess the, the other question the other question is kind of what's happening in Europe uh, France hospitalizations, one month high. Yeah. Uh, ICU in France, highest since June. Uh, so hopefully we, we don't replicate what, whatever is happening or appears to be happening in the U.K. and France.
1: Yeah, Madrid, bad. I mean, I think that they let up soon. Uh, and there's a... Uh, Italy did not. Uh, Italy is is locked down. Uh, I have two businesses in Italy. There's nothing. I mean, you can't get there. I mean, they'll turn you right back. You, you go there, they will send you right back. But uh, Madrid is... A real problem. UK is a problem. We're better than a lot of these places now. Uh, But of course, we went state by state. And and yeah, everybody can check the New York Times every day. It's the colleges that I'm worried about. Uh, I'm worried about people being sent home and being Trojan horses. So I think that everybody's got to be on their toes. I see someone making fun of me talking about goggles uh, flying. Why? Why? Why make fun of people who are trying to protect themselves? That's stupid. I want to live. Kind of.
2: Uh, Yep. Nope, your your uh, your competition on masks, Jim, has been great. Anybody thank who you. wants to know more can just follow uh, your Twitter feed. Of course, thank you. You mentioned AstraZeneca, and uh, our Meg Terrell this morning does have more on what the CEO said this morning about the trial and the pause. Good morning, Meg.
3: Hey, Carl. Well, that pause does remain in effect after that unexplained illness. And one participant in AstraZeneca's COVID-19 vaccine trial in the U.K., Pascal Sorio, the CEO of AstraZeneca, speaking at an event in the U.K. this morning organized by Tortoise Media, saying that uh, if they are able to restart their trial and depending on when, he believes they will have results by the end of the year and could potentially file for approval so a vaccine would be available around then or in early 2021. Now, we also noted that they are still awaiting the official diagnosis for this woman, uh, and the trial restart date is unknown. The decision about that is in the hands of an independent safety committee. Here's how we put into context this kind of event in a vaccine trial.
4: It is very unusual for a vaccine, for a vaccine trial to not stop like we did. It's very common, actually. And many experts will tell you this. The difference with other vaccines trials is the whole world is not watching them, of course. So they stop, they study, and they restart. Mm -hmm. So what happened here is not uncommon.
3: So sorry, is saying the whole world is watching these vaccine trials. And of course, we know that's true, which is why eyebrows were raised yesterday when information about what caused the trial to halt uh, was disseminated, not publicly by the company, but, on a private investor call arranged by J.P. Morgan uh, that was reported on by Adam Feuerstein at Stat News, uh, where Pascal Sorrio revealed that the participant had received the COVID-19 vaccine, not the placebo. And of course, guys, this doesn't mean we know that the vaccine caused this event, but it was a detail that we didn't have uh, among others. And we should say J.P. Morgan's analyst has written up a synopsis of that call, which we have. We still do not have a transcript uh, of that call. Meanwhile, of course, there is skepticism about vaccines in general and the pace at which they're being developed. A Kaiser poll out today shows that 80% of people that they polled don't expect a vaccine will be approved before election day. And guys, if one was approved that early, 54% say they would not get it. Back over to you. Uh,
1: Meg, this seems like total amateur hour. Adam, Forrest is he's an old friend of mine. He worked with me for years at, at the street. He's at STAT. He's completely reliable. Uh, made it sound like, look, it's really possible this could be a event. What did I do immediately when I heard him? I pulled out of the Moderna trial, uh, canceled. Uh, I, I just think that when they're start, start, they had the lead, now it sounds like they're going back. This gentleman uh, breaks the news at a J.P. Morgan conference. I'd like to see about Reg FD problems there. Meg, what, what is uh, about this uh, decision that has total amateur hour written all over it?
3: The decision about the communication.
1: Yeah, you the communication. I mean, this is the most important news when it comes to the vaccine. But I'm going to get it from a J.P. Morgan conference and select dissemination. I get it from stat. Uh, I get it from you. It's the story's different in each case. We need 30,000 people for these tests. And suddenly people just say, wait a second. I mean, I, I can't think of a worse. I'm trying to debate a worse way to handle this, but I haven't come up with it yet.
3: I think you hit the nail on the head, Jim. I mean, Pascal Sorio said it himself this morning. The world is watching these trials. And so while I have heard the argument that the information he shared on the call was not material, I mean, if you look at the stock price yesterday, they held this call at 10 a.m. The stock had declined the day before and after hours uh, by as much as 8%. It had already recovered significantly way before 10 a.m. So no, the, the, the call did not move the stock. But, and other people say the information, you know, we're treating this as such a huge event but some experts say trials are always stopped so we should not be treating this as a huge event until we know more about it so that's the devil's advocate argument but if you're going to share that information and it's going to then get out and it is so closely watched it might increase the fear that people have around this trial and the transparency of the communications and anything along those lines is damaging in this environment right now
2: Hey Meg, I'm I'm trying to remember if AZN was one of the nine companies that uh, said they would vow to stand with science, and if he had any color, uh, not just on uh, trial results by the end of the year, let's say, but also the possibility of an EUA in the near in the nearer term.
3: Yes, AstraZeneca was among the companies to issue that what they call the historic pledge earlier this week. Uh, to put safety first and and hold the scientific integrity above all else in developing these vaccines so quickly. Uh, I didn't hear him comment on the possibility of an emergency use authorization here in the United States. He was giving end of the year as the timeline that they're expecting. You know, previously, the timeline we'd heard about potentially for AstraZeneca was as soon as October. They were really out in the lead with these trials. So it's potentially pushed back a little bit, but he didn't comment specifically on that regulatory accelerated pathway.
2: Okay, Uh, something to watch. Obviously, big news this morning as early as people woke up. Uh, Meg, thanks. Meg Terrell on AstraZeneca News today. Take a quick break here. There's a lot of individual names to get to. Zscaler, of course, Uh, JCPenney, Tiffany, TikTok, plus some upgrades of some names like Spotify, Bed Bath & Beyond and Gilead. When Squawk on the Street comes back.
4: Brought to you by Eaton Vance, the symbol of advanced investing. What's inside your ETF? With Parametric Equity Premium Income ETF, you know. Inside, you'll find institutional quality expertise from a specialized team with deep derivatives experience. Get to know what's inside PAPI, the symbol of alternative income, at eatonvance.com slash CNBC. Before investing, prospective investors should carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. The current prospectus contains this and other information and is available at eatonvance.com. Read the prospectus carefully before investing. Not FDIC insured. Offer no bank guarantee. May lose value. Not insured by any federal government agency. Not a deposit. Investments involve risk. Principal loss is possible. Distributed by Foreside Fund Services, LLC.
2: Time for a mad dash this morning as Jim's watching RH.
1: Wow. What a quarter. Uh, Gary Friedman will be on Mad Money tonight. Uh, delivered a quarter that I didn't expect for at least maybe a year. It was that big a surprise. Uh, they had great operating margins, too. Everyone's raising their price targets. What he's done, he owns, he, has, he starts his, uh, his conference call with, uh, quoting Emerson, uh, talking about how you don't want to follow a path, you want to blaze a path. This is very typical of Gary. He's a bigger thinker than many of the analysts. And, and what he's saying is it's about taste. Uh, those of us who are members of the RH club know that what he's done is create, for those of us who don't have taste, Taste, and, and he's got it uh, going. He's going to England. He's going to uh, France. And get this, Carl. He's going to have a yacht that you can rent. Uh, I will inquire about that tonight. Maybe <laughs> get some, uh, some. Uh, maybe get Mike Corbett and Donna Corbett to go down, take it down, and hopefully you can get in it. What I loved about this quarter, more than anything else in the world, is the fact that Gary said he could get to five, five billion in revs. Now he's going to twenty billion. He is the biggest thinker in the industry. Uh, He is not constrained by just being an omni-channel. He's got everything going. And it's incredible that you could, in a time of COVID, with a non-essential company, do these kinds of numbers. My hat's off to Gary. He is very different from every other retailer. Oh, boy, is he good. Yeah.
2: Yeah, upping their their long-term view on margins, Jim. We know that he was well ahead of the curve on uh, supply chains out of Asia, and they're already so well positioned for consumers who not only have saved a, a ton of money by not traveling, but are obviously spending a lot more time in their home.
1: Yeah. Now he gives the uh, he says it's indefinite how long. So you contrast Darius Damcheck uh, uh, from Honeywell, uh, uh, Diamond from. S- from JP Morgan, they all expect Jamie thinks we're all gonna go back. Okay, that's great. Gary is not making that bet. Gary is saying, listen, your house is going to be your office, your house is going to be your life, and it's gotta be better than it is. He's talking about the exit from urban to suburban. Uh, second homes. Uh, Gary is a very big thinker. Most of the people in retail are trying to figure out how to close stores to grow. Gary's thinking about how to open stores to grow. And uh, he blew people away. I'm glad you mentioned the operating margins because margins in this business have historically been terrible. But that's because it's not a business. This company is not a furniture retailer. This is a company that has taste and allows you to be part of that taste. Uh, Every time I uh, buy something from my my wife, Lisa, buy something from our age, I send a picture of it to Gary. I say, look at this, we got the lights. Look at this, we got the desk. And Gary always comes back and he knows. I mean, if anyone's been to the, well, I guess I don't even know if you can go to the outdoor, uh, where he is in terms of opening up the new hotel, new guest rooms downtown in the meatpacking district. But Gary inspires and the stock is inspirational. Well, you look at the return. You know, we have better return. Then, and then every one of the Fang stocks, including, I think, yesterday today, Amazon. <laughs> yes. uh, and he bothers to mention that, too. Uh, Gary's a Warriors fan. Sorry.
2: <laughs> no, those are uh, those are definitely growth-like numbers right there yeah. uh, for the last couple Real of deal. years, Jim. What an amazing story. Real deal. Yeah. We'll talk more about that and a lot of the other individual names. Also this morning, an exclusive with uh, former Fed Chairman Greenspan. Talk to him about uh, long-term trajectory of the economy, of course, The Fed's new inflation strategy ahead of their meeting next week. That's later on this morning. Don't go away.
3: Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Demand for energy is projected to continue rising in the future. To help keep up, Chevron is increasing their U.S. oil and gas production. And they're innovating to help do it responsibly across their operations, including their Gulf of Mexico facilities, which are some of the world's lowest carbon intensity operations, helping supply energy that's affordable, reliable, and ever cleaner. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash meeting demand.
0: How do you land your dream job? It starts by acing the interview. Go to cnbcmakeit.com slash courses to register now and learn exactly what hiring managers are looking for with CNBC Make It's new career-boosting online course, where experts share their secrets for a dynamic resume, coming across with confidence, what to wear, and more. For a limited time, save 50% with our introductory offer. Register now at cnbcmakeit.com slash courses.
2: Coming off the best NASDAQ gain since April 29th, futures looking about as strong as they have all morning long, and names like Facebook, Apple, Tesla, Google, Amazon, Netflix, all in the green. We'll get that opening bell in five minutes. Just a couple minutes to the opening bell, Jim. Uh, among the upgrades today, and there are several, got two for Spotify, one out of Tel the other out of Credit Suisse, as they go to outperform. Credit Suisse ups their target by 100 bucks.
1: Yeah. I mean, Spotify, very controversial stuff because you either believe in podcasts and think that it's the uh, greatest thing going because the actual business, Spotify, many of us have it. We share it. We love it. But it is the a huge exclusive podcast uh, that make it so that the stock has legs. I like the call. I've liked the stock since it came public using that direct listing. And the company's got some very, very smart people. Uh, this Joe Rogan podcast they think is going to be. Really, really big over Credit Suisse. He has a lot of followers. Whenever you hear anybody who says, hey, you know what? You can be the next Joe Rogan. Well, let's see how Joe Rogan does. But uh, I just know, Carl, that podcasts are far more popular than those of us who are, say, in general media realize. uh, Unless you're in a car or you go somewhere. So I like the Spotify call. I think it has a lot lot of energy to it, going international, a lot of AI to it. Uh, It's got that Netflix feel, and it's rolling.
2: Yeah. uh, Yeah. The the podcast uh, debate is is pretty uh, fraught right now, given some of the uncertainties about the long term payoff. But between that and the marketplace offering, uh, there's quite a bit of enthusiasm around spot. You were talking RH a moment ago and we had the discussion about people investing in their home. Uh, Bed Bath up five as well on another as Webbush takes it to best ideas. I don't know if you're going to go that far.
1: Well, uh, Mark Trayton doing a really good job. Remember, he came from uh, Target. Uh, John Duskin. Uh, an and activist, so to speak, 12-flocking from retail, has been saying over and over again, look, it's the, this is the real deal. This is the real turn. It is an expensive stock. You want to contrast what they're doing with what Gary Friedman says at RH, which is that you can't cut your way into success. So it's a very controversial stock, but I think it's got better management, even if it isn't ultimately going to be the biggest thing since sliced bread. Bed Bath has room to go higher. Hmm.
2: Here's a look at the S&P and the opening bell this morning, 34.15. Jim, uh, talk about the price action yesterday. Uh, you did see, say in the morning that it was time to stop selling. Yes. I guess given the way in which the buying begot more buying during the session yesterday, is it time
1: to, it's time to start buying? Well, look, I think a lot of companies uh, – it- Five o'clock when Brian was on this morning, looked like they were going to be down big. And I was going to say, you know what? Here we go again. Pick up some z scalar because it was an unbelievable quarter. Go in and go buy, uh, buy back some Zoom if you haven't gotten that. But, you know, there we go right off to the races again. The Wall Street Journal had a piece saying tech looks lower. We'll tell that to the people who are buying NVIDIA. Uh, tell that to people who are buying Salesforce. We already may be too high. The Zscaler quarter, a lot of people think that these companies are just overvalued. But if you look, they actually are making a lot of money and are not cheap. I know don't, uh, this, some people are going to hate this, but on 2023-2024 uh, business. But Zscaler and CrowdStrike are companies that make it so that if you work at home, you're not hacked. And people have to realize, working at home, a lot easier to hack. And people also hack you playing video games, and they steal your chips. And there are, uh, it's just been heaven for the hackers. And CrowdStrike uh, is a cloud-native company, Zscaler, Jay Chaudry, uh Okta. We, we have uh, Todd McKinnon doing a great job. I would like to say that if you want both on-prem and cloud, then you got to be looking at Palo Alto, which also had a magnificent quarter in the Roar.
2: Huh. Uh, Jim, trucking continues to be fascinating. Navistar's up big this morning uh, as VW, this unit, uh, boosts its bid for the company uh, from 35. They're going to 43. This is a storied name. Uh, been around an awful long time.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, uh, construction equipment, uh, whether it be Cat, whether it be Komatsu, uh, Terex, Volvo, seeing a lot of business. Uh, Ag, by the way, I know that, uh, that Stephanie Link has been saying, dear, 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 she's right. And I do think that this is a a very sustainable turn. I do, uh, I think that people are very reluctant to buy cyclical something because they think that, well, how does it possibly happen? But the numbers are the numbers and uh, the trucking's been, uh, the the makers of truck, Packard, Cummins, they're doing quite well. Yesterday, Caterpillar hit a high. Uh, Nobody could really figure it out. I I now think it could very well be this. And we're also seeing, by the way, last night we had 7% plus. In rails we have that negative 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 7% carloads up uh, and that's intermodal that's truck that's a win
2: yep Jim and here come uh, the uh, the cruise lines uh, some of the retailers Kohl's Gap Carnival Norwegian uh, Royal um, so where I, that, that that trade is uh, is rearing its head again. You
1: know, that trade is back. This gap stores is so funny. People are talking about Athleta having 6% uh, 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 growth versus uh, Lulu. And that suddenly is back. Uh, the the uh, Robin Hood crew just loves the cruise lines. I wonder if they're actually taking any. No, because you can't do it. Uh, Norwegian, by the way, has two years of cash hanging around. If you want to be able to be in one that has some staying power, it would be Norwegian. The deals are extraordinary. If you think there's a vaccine, I know, I mean, because I, 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 cruising, I think, is pretty cool. My wife has gone on good cruise. Uh, you get some great deals. I mean, I think that you should go take down like 20. I, they won't let you do this, I don't think, but you know, take down like 20 staterooms because the deals are so great. Uh, this is a hope trade. Uh, all three companies are incredibly well managed, and The issue is, can they get COVID under control? If they can, then you're going to see some very, very big numbers out in Norwegian this time next year.
2: Right. And then then we see some other companies. Uh, JCPenney is the most obvious example this morning, Jim, uh, where they're going into a a truly different chapter here. uh, Simon gets involved. If David were here, he'd probably give us a little more color on exactly where LVMH and Tiffany uh, may go, but LVMH did file their lawsuit in Delaware um, and says they were surprised by the other direction suit out of Tiffany.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, it, mall base not that good, but then again, I, I I look at Simon Properties and what they're doing with uh, Stelter, what they're doing doing with Brookfield, and, and it's original. Again, I go, I defer to Gary Freeman because his stock's up the most. RH saying, listen, you can't close your way into growth, but it, it, maybe it's some people think that David Simon's being desperate. Uh, I know David Simon, he's not a desperate guy. He's a cold, hard thinker. Uh, But malls are doing bad. Starwood had some bad uh, uh, – I'd love to hear from Barry before I comment directly about what's going on with his Mm -hmm. malls because Barry's a terrific business person. But I see no turn in the malls, but I do think that that Simon Properties is doing some original thinking about what to do with that empty mall space.
2: Hmm. So in general, Jim, I mean – do you think? I mean, we just had the fastest correction off yeah. an all-time high ever for the for the NDX. I mean, is it possible that that gets unwound in four sessions? Are you? I mean, is this the precursor to maybe a more medium-term duration of volatility?
1: I think it's a, a precursor to more medium-term. I know that the last half hour yesterday was actually pretty bad uh, for the S and P. We, we didn't talk about it. For the Dow, it was real bad. But what I I do see is that the numbers are good, and that's what not people aren't thinking about. When you go over Zscaler, it's a cybersecurity company, the numbers are extraordinary, and it goes from being an expensive stock to being cheap. Do you know that, that if you look at NVIDIA, which is a poster boy of what people think is very expensive, this stock was selling at 20 times earnings uh, in 20, if you back out what it was doing at the end of 2018. It was 20 times earnings, and all I ever heard was bubble, bubble, to- uh, toil, and trouble. But if you go back, it turned out that the company earned far more than people expected. If you execute well, uh, if you're at Salesforce, it turns out your stock isn't that expensive. Next week, we've got Adobe. Now, this stock looked incredibly expensive just a, f- a few years ago. And then it turns out, well, they did the numbers. They executed. So, Carl, if you can execute, if you're on the Internet, if you're digitizing, you're doing the numbers. If you're in trucking, you're doing the numbers. If you're in 5G, you're doing the numbers. And it makes it so that you have stocks that, that people come on and say are bubbles. Well, the bubbles aren't bubbles. They turn out to be stocks or. They actually have earnings, earnings per share, and their multiples, if you look back, weren't that high. And that's what a great growth stock does.
2: Right, Uh, especially in the early innings of a a new uh, bull market, especially. And we'll we'll see what Peloton and Oracle uh, say tonight. Uh, Jim, uh, we, we started the hour talking about the NFL, but Rosenblatt does initiate Penn at a buy 80 target. Uh, up another nine percent this morning, that's an all-time high. And DKNG is
1: about a two-month high this morning. I love the pen that quarter from, uh, uh, from Rosenblatt. Uh, if you go through it, what is the standout? Well they're going to own betting and how are they going to do that? David would love it. It's 937, David Portnoy and Barstool. Will David still spend as much time uh, talking about stocks? I don't know. It, you, I spend a lot of time talking about NFL, so I, I, it's entirely possible. But the one thing I really like is that Jay Snowden, who's the engine, behind the Penn NAT barstool deal, wants to own gambling now that 33 states make it legal. I think he understands exactly where things are going. Uh, someone was recommending Macau's casinos. Well, you give me a break? Penn NAT doesn't have China. Penn NAT has gambling. This is the opening night of a, of, of a I got to tell you, Carl, I see more people doing fantasy and more people wanting to gamble. I, of course, can't gamble my contract, but wow, Penn NAT is the place. And that is a very inexpensive stock if they get it right.
2: Yeah, what a move that has well, been. Remember, the stock um, was be you know, three. When it, comes to, it
0: was three in three in March. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, the, historically, the view has been that baseball gave you the most uh, frequency of bets, obviously, just because of the game count. Uh, but nothing, uh, nothing, matches, <laughs> nothing matches the attention that the NFL draws. I hear that Al Michaels is going to be on the half today.
1: Oh, that'll be fantastic. I, this is what the Chiefs are favored by nine. One of the things that's happened is, is that people talk about the line. They never talked about that. even Jimmy, the late Jimmy, the Greek, unfortunately, very sad 30 for 30 on him. Uh, Woo. Uh, was reluctant to talk about the line. I think that that's going to be what people are going to have to start doing. And if you're reluctant to do it, I think there's going to be pressure to do it, given the fact that 33 states find it legal.
2: Yeah, uh, Jim, some interesting uh, color on Disney today. Stock's up one percent, um, but Reuters has a piece about sort of the reaction within China to Mulan. Yeah. Uh, they're quoting some sources that says the government is trying to get media outlets not to report on the film given the controversy around the production. Uh, CFO did give an uh, uh, update on Mulan as much as she could yesterday and said that it has driven streaming, uh, but we won't know more until the
1: quarter. Uh, she's, uh, she's a total heavyweight. I, w- I would point out that big analysts being coming up a- People want to get out of that stock. They're absolutely nuts. I think that this, you got to take a long-term view. I still love that call we had the other day about maybe ESPN being spun off. Uh, ESPN, natural place, where we all, those of us who, my fantasy league, the Dickel League is on ESPN. Many others are. I think Disney's got many, many irons in the fire. It's the ultimate, uh, it's the ultimate open trade. Uh, it, It is going to be, I think, benefited from a lot of these different tests that are going to be instant, and when you have an instant test, you you wave your you wave your cell phone, you get in, you stop fearing, and you have a great time. I, I think Disney's a phenomenal stock to own if you think that things are coming back.
2: Yeah. Uh, meantime, as far as TikTok goes, Jim, uh, again more headlines yesterday about. Whether or not there could be some effort to hand over uh, management of essentially of the asset, if not ownership, as it does look like the deadline, the initial deadline is not going to be met
1: yeah. I- I want to hear from Oracle. There, were, there was a lot of venture capital money, a lot of uh, P.E. money, I'm sorry, that wants to team up with Oracle to do a, uh, a bid. Uh, Larry Ellison likes to drop in on those calls that are run by the unbelievably fantastic South Cats. Maybe we'll get some clarity there. Microsoft's got the co-writers all set. I had Ned Segal the other day on Twitter uh, he's the CFO. He was saying, listen, they're incredibly interested. No one seemed to be interested in the fact that he's interested. Uh, but I do think that there are a lot of people who want to be involved in this. I think people were thrown off by the president saying he wants money, too. Uh, there is a, a level of uh, uncertainty about what goes on here. But Oracle's going to give us some real clarity tonight. That's that's a deal. You, that's a, a quarter you want to watch because people keep saying that they're eating Oracle's lunch. But I don't know. Here's the It's up 10 percent. And the stock's almost at uh, a at, uh, 59 high where it was just at beginning of September. I don't know whether Oracle's that dangerous at 14 times earnings was the very big buyback. Hmm.
2: Uh, Yeah, indeed, Jim. Finally, we didn't get to uh, Gilead. Uh, Oppenheimer takes it to outperform. I think I remember you saying yesterday that on the spectrum of uh, pharma that's working on treatments, this was not one of your favorites. No,
1: and remdesivir, it's checkered. This is in my uh, Kramer uh, COVID-19 index, the worst performer since we started it in the last week of April. It's down 17%. It's been a complete bust, very counterintuitive for people who thought that Gilead was the one to own, but it's been a very big disappointment. All the drug stocks have been disappointing. Uh, It's not just just Gilead, but Gilead is the worst performer, even, even though it's the one that got the most publicity when they did the remdesivir trials.
2: Yeah. So some decent follow here, uh, follow through on yesterday's session, although energy uh, has slipped into the red. Let's get to Bob Bassani this morning. Hey, Bob.
5: Perennially, energy slipping into the red right after the open it happens all the time. But tech is leading, and we've got uh, work-from-home stuff, Zoom, Electronic Arts doing a little bit better today. Uh, the travel stocks are helping the consumer discretionary sec- sector. So let's just take a look. Uh, tech's leading. As I mentioned, consumer discretionary is strong on the, uh, some of the travel stocks doing better than expected overall. Uh, banks, okay, slightly on the upside. Industrials and healthcare doing fair, uh, not a big leaders. Uh, the important thing is the mega caps are still leading today uh, apples up microsoft all the big five mega cap stocks are moving to the upside uh, all of them still down for the month though apples down maybe eight percent for the month so far so still playing some catch-up i think the question is where are we right now uh, and despite all this rocky move in some of these tech names I don't think the conditions are particularly there for any kind of long-term drop. Right now we're sort of in a garden variety modest 5-6-7% move to the downside. If you look at the major indices from the 52-week highs, S&P 5% from the 52-week high, the equal-weight S&P 7%, the Nasdaq 100 only 8%. We got about 10% down, that's about as far as we got. And the Russell 2000 is from its highs, but the highs were way back in January on the Russell 2000, so that's been a laggard all year. I think the most important thing for stocks, earnings have been rising. We emphasized this the end of last week, again in the beginning of this week, but for the third quarter, for the first two months, the earnings estimates are going up, up about 2.6%. That's a little unusual. Normally, these estimates come down because the analysts are too optimistic. But they've been too conservative. They were conservative in the second quarter and they are conservative in the third quarter. Hard to argue for a big, big drop in stocks when earnings estimates are moving to the upside. I'd like to see the move up for the fourth quarter. We haven't yet seen that. But if we keep getting this economic data, I think that's going to happen as well. So earnings estimates rising. Big reason to argue against a big drop in the stock market. That doesn't mean stocks can't get frothy. We've seen what happened with these tech stocks. If If you look what's been moving these tech stocks, the factors behind them, the most important thing is revenues have been accelerating because of the work from home. That's why these prices keep going all over the place. We've had the stimulus on top of that. We've had the reopening narrative doing a little bit better than expected. We've had all these new momentum players like the Robin Hood people in it. Is it any wonder it's really hard to figure out what's the right multiple For these technology stocks, the market can't decide. It's all over the place. Have you noticed? I'm sure you have. Some of these big tech names in the last uh, few days, just in the month of September, look at some of these names like DocuSign and Salesforce. DocuSign moved from the high to the low this month, 40%. I mean, that's that's crazy. That's a sign the market can't figure out what the right price is for these stocks, what the right multiple is. Salesforce, 40% from the high to the low in September, seven or eight trading sessions. Wayfair, 30%. Apple, even Apple, 27% move from the high to the low price this month. And even Nvidia, 23%. These, These are established big names. You'd think, like, well, we have a pretty good idea because there's a long history. But the market can't quite figure it out because of all of these various factors that are moving things around, including the new Robinhood crowd that are out there that are buying a lot of the momentum names. So the bottom line is stick with the idea that when earnings are generally rising expectations, it's hard for the market to have a really big, big drop. Guys, back to you.
2: All right, Uh, Bob, thanks very much. Uh, We did get some
0: data this morning on claims and PPI. Let's get to Rick Santelli. Hey, Rick. Hi, Carl. Indeed, you know, claims basically were lateral moves, both on initial and continuing. Uh, I'm not sure that's a good thing. We'd like to see more progress made on bringing joblessness down. But the inflation numbers were definitely a smidge hotter which will make tomorrow's consumer price index that much more interesting. Look at an intraday of 10s. It definitely firmed up, but it firmed up right back into this zone of crowded trades that we have between 70 and 74 basis points. We want to watch if we get above three quarters of 1%. Let's look at a month to date of boon deals. You can see pretty much same scenario. They keep moving up towards minus 40, but for the most part, it's also somewhat of a lateral month with regard to rates but something that hasn't been lateral is their currency now Christine Lagarde and ECB met today and one thing they didn't do they didn't really change policy and they're not really addressing or targeting or spending much time talking about the recent strength of their currency whether it's against the dollars you see on this intraday which is getting close to levels we haven't seen since May of 2018 or whether it's against the yen as you see on this intraday chart as they once again get close to extreme levels of april of 2019 and i could show you against the chinese currency there's been improvement as well so the euro seems to be having some strength uh, they adjusted some of their forecasts but for all practical purposes whether it's the ecb or our central bank they're really trying to monitor covid and they don't really have any more facts than anyone else does carl and jim back to you
2: all right rick we'll see you in a bit uh, rick santelli as we said earlier coming up uh, lots to talk about with the former fed chair alan greenspan in an exclusive interview about inflation, the economy, and the Fed itself. In the meantime, it's now the best two-day gain for the S&P since the end of June, April for the Nasdaq, and the Dow's gone higher for the week. As we mentioned, the NFL season kicks off tonight. Uh, The Chiefs, of course, host the Houston Texans. Fans are allowed inside Arrowhead, which has reduced capacity to about 22% due to the pandemic. Uh, Numerous protocols in place to maintain social distancing. Fans are required to wear masks at all times, including while seated. You can, of course, watch Texans Chiefs tonight. NBC coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, It's going to be quite a game, Jim. Who do you like, by the way?
1: I, I do like the Chiefs. I, I love Andy Reid. I think this team comes in hot. Uh, those of us who uh, live and die fantasy know that there's uh, some very exciting new player, new running back for the Chiefs. Uh, obviously, uh, Kelsey will be back, but it's Mahomes. And Mahomes is uh, the only quarterback that is drafted in the first or second round in fantasy. Uh, the rest of them are all pretty much the same. I think that this is a, a very big statement game for the Chiefs. They gotta, I think people, they could win big. How about that second half of that Super Bowl? Wow. Football back is really great. Uh, uh, Wasn't that fantastic? Yep, he's (laughs) he's having a great
2: year. Had a great year last year. Another one personally this year. Uh, Obviously, he's getting paid, which he deserves. Um, Do you do you foresee any kind of hiccups the way we saw early on in the baseball season?
1: No, I mean they've only had one person apparently since the uh, training camp began that that tested positive. They test, 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 test. Uh, They really are. I mean they've done tens of thousands of tests. Uh, Obviously, once you get on the road, there could be some hiccups. But uh, these guys, this has been done very, very well. They have lots of money. They've really figured this out. And it's been, I know there's still a lot of people who feel that it cannot be a complete season. But i they're they're not like Adam Silver and what he's done in terms of the dome. But they've done a great job. They've really, really done a great job, the NFL. Training camp went through without a hitch. Pretty great.
2: I, I, do you think it's a springboard uh, for more advertising? And you know, we saw some uh, data out I think it was Cantar yesterday, that said uh, advertising in general uh, is down, what, 19? That was in the first half. Yeah. Um, but I wonder if you think this this portends broader gains in advertising and hence media stocks.
1: Davidson uh, had a, uh, Moffitt Nates Michael Nathanson had a piece up today, really kind of showing you, geez, the decline. but. And we're also in a period where there's so much sports. But the NFL, gambling's big. I uh, obviously the uh, when you do fantasy, you watch the fourth quarter. That matters tremendously. It's been very hard to reach people. But when I deal with someone like Mary Dillon at Ulta, she doesn't want to use this. She wants to use the Web. Uh, you keep coming back to the digitization. Uh, it, Adobe reports next week. You're going to hear a lot about how commerce is on the Web. Shopify, the Instagram shops is, are very powerful. The uh, Clorox, Ben Odor, has been a leader in getting consumer packaged goods to the web. The only thing that's held it back is uh, 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 has been a boycott, which I think is pretty much diminished. So the, uh, it's Correct. the web, it's Amazon, and it's Google. That's where people want to be. Amazon's streaming the game, by the way, which is pretty important.
2: Yeah. By the way, Axios today said it's the 20th ever sports equinox meaning game action from all four major leagues in the same day. <laughs>
1: Equinox, I uh, only love it. 20 hey, how's times Equinox in doing? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but that, that look, this is, <laughs> I mean, they, they, there's seven There's seven inning doubleheaders every time you turn around. Uh, the basketball season has been great. It's one of the greatest times for sports, the exact opposite a few months ago, but I do feel that NFL will prevail.
2: Later on today, as we said, Al Michaels will be a guest with the judge on the half, 12.30 p.m. Eastern time. In the meantime, Squawk on the Street is back in a moment. Hopes for a continued economic reopening of lead trading today as three of the top five S&P gainers are cruise lines, Norwegian up almost six, Carnival up more than five, and Royal Caribbean uh, trailing uh, right behind. We'll get more on this and a lot more when Squawk on the Street comes back.
1: It's time for Jim and Stop Trading. Yeah, there's an outfit called uh, Hindenburg. Uh, Hindenburg short report. Uh, they do some I, they do a lot of work uh, and they have a piece out to say, saying, Nicola, it says uh, how to parlay an ocean of lies into a partnership with the largest auto OEM in America. Incredibly critical. Now, uh, they are it, But I think what really matters here is, is that you need to hear from the other side of the trade. And I am sure that Hindenburg would agree to that, too. One of the things about Hindenburg is that they're open to they say, look, here's what we're doing. We're waiting here the other side. And now uh, the other side is very quickly saying, that it's just a pack of lies, but I do, uh, that's uh, Milton, got to get back on right now. Got to find out what he says about the Hindenburg piece about fraud and lies, because what matters is there are a lot of people who are in this thing, and they got to make a, they got to know as much as you can. So, Carl, it's being crushed because of Hindenburg, which owns a short position in Nikola.
2: Yep, uh, Milton tweets, um, I guess everything's fair game and war, even a hit job. I know who funded it now. Give me a few hours to put together responses to their lies. Uh, Of course, this has implications not just for NKLA, Jim, but... GM now, too.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm wondering this is one of those where you want to That Mary Barra Will she go over it and look at it? I don't know. Look, it's too long for me just to say that I, I've digested it. But I think Hindenburg does what I call thoughtful research. I have found things I agree with. I have found things I disagree with. But I like to learn the other side of the trade, uh, wh- whether it be uh, J2 Global, whether it be a, a, there was recently a, a I don't want to mention because it, it was just so negative a gardening stock that involves cannabis. But uh, Do your homework. Do your homework. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street.
0: How do you land your dream job? It starts by acing the interview. Learn exactly what hiring managers are looking for with CNBC Make It's new career-boosting online course. Get the limited-time offer. Register now at cnbcmakeit.com slash courses.